like, I still don't know enough to know what I should be being judgmental about, so I'm just going to be judgmental about everything. That's fair. That's all right. Good on you. Good on you. <laughs> well, hey, man, should we, uh, what do you think? Should we fucking get into this? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's settle this once and for all. I'm, I'm freaking excited. I'm excited. So, uh, well, hey, Lincoln, welcome to the Millennium Fandom. Thanks for being on the Millennium Fandom with me. Well, Mike, uh, it's uh it's it's my it's my distinct honor and pleasure to to finally be on here and and finally settle uh you know there's a lot of doubt about whether or not I enjoy things and I just oh. want I'm mostly here just to get on the record and let people know that I do in fact <laughs> like things. <laughs> this is good. I think I think cuz I was I was trying to figure out a way to actually like tease this the fact that this is the first time that I've done this podcast via like a video chat and I think that's the teaser right there. I'm just going to cut that <laughs> in a little bit and I'm just going to plug it. That's going to be the plug for this for this episode. Well Perfect. man, um I know uh typically I like to start this off too um with what we're drinking uh but we're not really drinking anything i mean i'm i'm drinking some kombucha that's about it i don't oh, yeah. know about I've you got um i've got some some crystal light uh red flavor ooh solid uh, hey look at you yeah. go yeah <laughs> for those but for those who don't know who's drinking the crystal light uh this is lincoln fryman so uh we're um on here cuz we're going to talk about horizon zero dawn the wonderful PS4 exclusive game. Is it PS4 exclusive? I think it's exclusive, isn't it? Uh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so um I I was a little confused, I have to admit, because or I was a little hesitant because I went um and I, I'm I'm always still looking for awesome new games and I went to our local uh our local uh like uh just kind of nerd shop called Jimmy Jams. I know I've mentioned it before, but that I found it yeah. in their used games. It was only like fifteen bucks. I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. You know, I'm I'm late to the show. I, I realized that, and it looked like it got great marks. But I'm like, it just seems kind of dumb. Like the whole premise, oh, like a kind of primitive, like <laughs> tribal people fighting machine like, animals. Like, is this like fucking two rock dinosaur hunter? Am I just yeah. buying another two rock game? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants that. Nobody wants it. It's just with better graphics. That sounds stupid. Right. So, yeah, no, I. I picked it up though. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. And I popped it in and holy shit, this was so much fun. Yeah. It's, um, it's just, I'd say generally, it's just a shockingly good game. Yeah. Um, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like super like innovative necessarily. It's doing things that other games do, but the level of just craft and polish they put into it, that it's all of the things that it's doing. It's doing, exceptionally well yes because that was one thing that i noticed is that uh like i'm a huge assassin's creed fan and it was very assassin's creed um but just but you you hit it exactly where it was like it was all these other things but it seemed like they just do it did it better as i know right i know with assassin's creed the biggest thing was like whenever you had to do the parkour or whenever you had to um like climb walls and jump from spot to spot 
and you would just jump off and like right, backwards like into your peril <laughs> like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> like, you accidentally most... press the self-harm button and yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> man but this didn't do that it didn't it, it like didn't a lot it was so much easier i mean yeah it was a lot less lame because there wasn't as much skill i guess if i want to say that involved but it was still just so much better um and not only that like the gameplay was great but it looked beautiful it looked absolutely gorgeous and that's something uh i think you find with a lot of like a lot of uh i don't know i can't can't think of the right term but a lot of there there are game studios that are owned by the platform producer so you know like uh like microsoft just bought bethesda but uh guerrilla games the the studio that that put out uh horizon zero dawn uh it was bought by sony like i don't know in 2005 or something so they've been a sony owned company for a while so uh i mean part of what you're seeing is this this is a company that uh had the time and also just had the infrastructural support to really put out an extremely polished product. Like they didn't have the kind of like rush mentality that other studios like, you know, Ubisoft, you know, with Assassin's Mm -hmm. Creed's, they were at a clip of cranking those out like once a year for a good while. Yeah, man. Now they've slowed down a little bit to maybe like once every other year. Mm-hmm. But they had this factory mindset of we got to stamp and release another game. And I, oh, sure, some people throw themselves off of buildings accidentally. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Ship it. <laughs> uh, but uh, like, if you look into the development history of, of something uh, like Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, it was something like a six-year development cycle, if really? not more. Wow. Yeah. Um, what I would recommend, uh, I, I'm kind of meant to watch it this morning, uh, again, be, before this, but I didn't get around to it. Um, there's a YouTube channel called No Clip. Are you familiar with them at all? I'm not. Learn okay. me. They do, um, it's, it's a channel run by, uh, run by this guy, like Danny O'Dwyer. He used to work for GameSpot, but he quit a few years ago to start this new channel. Uh, and all they do is just crowdfunded video game documentaries. Cool. Um, yeah, and so because this guy had his cred working with with GameSpot, just like developers will let him and his camera guy just kind of come in and hang out during the development of games. <laughs> um, so they did like maybe like an hour long piece about uh, just the development of, of Horizon Zero Dawn, um, and it's like I, I would recommend it. Uh, awesome. Both the channel generally, if you're interested in sort of the 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 history of video games as well mm-hmm. as that specific one just to kind of get into again uh the just the development of of a very good game um sure but i'm trying to so i brought up the the h uh the horizon zero dawn wiki here um or the wikipedia page rather um yeah guerrilla games started development on in 2011 and it released in 2017. So yeah, about oh, a six wow. year development period to, to like sort of ideate and, and craft and polish that game. Um, and, and again, I think part of that is the fact that like, because they had the larger support of just being part of Sony, yeah, that they didn't have people necessarily breathing down their necks going like, Hey, you got to release something today. Right. Like we, um, what was Which that? isn't to say, 
there, oh, there sorry. Were, I was just going to, you go. <laughs> <laughs> God damn zoom meetings. No. Um, because how you were telling, talking about how they took, it really seemed like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there was a deadline and there was a push, but how they made such a polished game because there was a, God, what the hell was the game? It was like, uh, and Andromeda, uh, mass effect. Yes. Mass Mass effect Andromeda. How, or, or even a better example I read on, um, about, uh, the game, um, Holy shit, I am just blanking on it so hard right now. Uh it was it it looked like a oh anthem. Anthem. The game Anthem. Sure, yeah. How that was like supposed to be one of the best up and coming games like of of you know the year. It was like whatever year it was released, it was like one of yeah. the looking forward to games and like it looked awesome. It looked amazing. It looked fun, you know? And then it came out and it was just the biggest steaming pile of shit because I feel like there was too much <laughs> of that. Too much of that corporate sort of mindset, kind of what you were saying, how they're just pumping them out because they can, because they know they're going to make a fucking buck off of them. Like, yeah. Um, and that's something that, like, you, what generally seems to be the case is that sort of, uh, platform owned studios, like the people that made Horizon or the people that made the new God of War mm-hmm. or, um, I'm sure I'm blanking on somebody or like uh, even smaller studios that are like, you know, releasing stuff on, on uh, Xbox game pass or whatever it's called Yeah, that are just owned by Microsoft. Like they have the advantage of having this bigger support and not, and not worrying about whether or not the shareholders are going to come in and have them all executed. If they don't get something (laughs) like pushed out the door by the end of the fiscal quarter. Right. Um, And I do want to clarify that um, this isn't me saying, that you know these mega corporations should be owning all games companies i think it speaks to the fact that um games companies need that kind of support just generally um and so the 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 type of infrastructural support uh should come like it should come as an industry and not from you know, specific companies. Yes. You know, the, the, the people that the really talented people at Ubisoft, um, shouldn't have to worry about getting canned for not meeting a deadline on top of having to worry about whether or not like Eve's Jameau's best friend is going to sexually assault them. <laughs> so yeah, I had to bring up Ubisoft. Nope. That's fine. That's Terrible. fair. That's fair. <laughs> for those of who I, I, yeah. For those of you that don't know, yeah, there's some pretty good, serious sexual assault bullshit and misogyny that goes on in the video game industry. Anyway, you were saying, um, yeah, I think I lost the thread there. Uh, I was, I think I was saying that it's, that it's important to not like note Microsoft and Sony as being like these heroes of the little guy. Um, Right. They are still profit motivated, but they're like, they have these kind of, um, these really polished, really good games that, that they, that they release and they're where they think they're making their money is they're going to use this game to sell a console. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because the new, uh, horizon, the, the next one is supposed to be released on the PS five, isn't it? Yeah. The, uh, was yeah. it horizon forbidden West? Uh, yeah. So that, yeah. that'll be coming out, I think, probably within the first year or so of the PS5 coming out. Sure. And they'll use that to move units. Just the same thing as, like, um, you know, Microsoft purchasing Bethesda, which 
means any like future Elder Scrolls or Fallout games yep, might yep. be Xbox exclusives for all we yeah. know, depending on like what the existing contractual like situation is. But sure, um, yeah. So th- so they'll buy these kind of um, uh, these sort of high end studios that release that release like specifically you know terrific products with the goal that they might not make all their money back on what they spent. Or mm-hmm. what they, you know, what they mark down as as having spent making that game, but then they'll use that as, as a mechanism to boost hardware sales. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's all it's all dirty and it's all just fucking blood money, and we need to <laughs> nationalize the whole video games industry. Um. Okay. <laughs> gonna I'm gonna try to keep politics out of your video games. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. It all comes down to politics in the end. Um, so yeah, go ahead. I guess uh, you know, back, back to Horizon. Um, you played it more recently than me. Um, what? Yes. Like I know we kind of uh, uh, agreed that you know generally the, the gameplay feels good. Um, that that it does a lot of sort of the big map games stuff really well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any like kind of particular standout moments or other concepts or themes that are still like kind of resonating with you? So I, I was thinking about this a little bit today too. And there was one thing in particular that really got me and spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played the game. If you are looking forward to playing the game and I encourage you to play the game, uh, pause the podcast now and come back to it after you've played the game. But the, the big moment I think for me, uh, I, and this was later, like I was already hooked. I was already really enjoying it. Sure. Um, because the game the gameplay was so smooth like it a lot of how the setup was of switching between um switching between uh different weapons and everything else it was really simple to do it was really easy uh controlling it uh zooming in uh all of it like it just felt really good and natural it didn't feel awkward i didn't like lose where i was in the heat of a battle or anything um, but one thing, this is targeted more towards the storyline that really took me was, was, uh, the, uh, uh, zero dawn was what zero dawn was, what it actually yeah. was. Because the whole premise for the game is a new AI was created in order to crew, uh, uh, build, help construct it was basically like a ter- Terminator meets Matrix storyline where these Terminator machines were built by a corporation to help win wars. The only problem is, is that they could self-replicate using organic material, meaning plants, animals, humans, whatever. And boy, wouldn't you know it, it just went AWOL. So just the fact that, um, you know, the the whole the whole idea, the whole center around, you know, the whole climax, what you learn, what horizon uh, or what zero dawn, what actually was, was like, sure. It wasn't a, it wasn't a comeback strategy or it was a comeback strategy, but it wasn't a violent strategy. It wasn't a, a, uh, attack. It was, yeah, we're just going to let ourselves die and then yeah. hope that we clone ourselves <laughs> like back um, to health or whatever. Like, holy shit. Like that yeah. totally. I'm like that is a new take, man. That is great. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm I'm really glad you you mentioned the story because that too. Um, you know, outside of all the mechanics, the fact that it had like 
a surprising like you wouldn't expect the robot dinosaur game to have like a really like <laughs> or affecting narrative. <laughs> I, uh, I know. Uh, I know. But the fact that they were able to kind of put this in in a world that you know the 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 story of Aloy that the protagonist takes place um in this like almost kind of melancholy but still weirdly hopeful setting. Yeah. Because this is all in the ashes of a society that that fucked up so badly that they ended all life on earth. Right. <laughs> uh, and that, and that this is like, you know, now, now that there are now that like, you know, life again has another chance, um, mm. you know, can they kind of keep that sputtering flame alive and that, yeah. uh, that they were able to kind of, kind of squeeze those moments of pathos out of, um, again, the robot dinosaur game yeah. is really remarkable. Um, <laughs> right. and, and also, uh, uh, story-wise, one thing that, that Guerrilla Games did uh, that was really smart is they, they kind of knew in their preceding games, like they, they knew that like storytelling, they weren't all that great at. Like they were mm. aware that their, their plots in prior games were not terrific. So they actually like, headhunted and specifically uh, hired the guy that wrote the narrative for possibly the best video game ever, uh, Fallout New Vegas. yippee there'll be no wedding bells for today. I got spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle. Okay. So, like, a lot of those story beats and how that all comes together uh, came from a guy with, like, a pretty damn good pedigree. Um, how they use the story to uh, kind of buttress up some actual, like, technical limitations of the game. Because, like, in the game, you know, you only see a few types of animals. Like, yeah. You see, like, warthogs, turkeys, yeah. uh, raccoons, foxes. Right ducks rats and a couple types of fish yep. that's all and if you like read enough of like the little notepads and stuff that the dying civilization conveniently left behind for you um you actually find out that like part of their plan to reintroduce life is like they specifically identify like hey these are the minimum animals that we'll need to to restart an ecosystem and then we'll enter like we'll bring the rest of them back later so the game oh. kind of justifies itself in story saying like, yeah, we know there's only going to be a handful of animals at first when we first start repopulating. Okay. There's going to be more. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Don't rush us. That's a clever little touch. Sure. Um, to find a way to just sort of narratively explain uh, a hardware uh, limitation. I, I sure. Think, you know, that, that, that lights up all the, all the pleasure centers of my brain. How, how much of it, how much of the game have you played like how far have you gone i mean obviously you ran through the whole storyline but i mean did you try to get all of the all of the hunting grounds all of the all of the corruption zones yeah um, <laughs> this this is one of the few games that i actually platinumed it so I oh did, really i did pretty much everything in this game nice uh, nice the hunting grounds were like the last thing i did i did my first run through and i just kind of naturally did pretty much everything else and I left the hunting grounds because I'm like this fucking I I personally hate time challenges. I can't fucking stand them. Um, I'm I'm the exact same way. I have not done I think I did the first one to find out what it was and then that was it. Yep. I was that, like that for, for I have a long not, time. Yeah, I have not touched another one since. 
but then when when I booted it back up uh, to play Frozen Wilds when that came out, like I was kind of I, I double check where I like what the trophies list was and like the only tr- trophy I had left was the hunting grounds. I'm like, okay, oh. I'm just, I'm just gonna spend like an afternoon and just fucking grind these things out. Like, <laughs> it sucks, but I got it done. <laughs> got my nice. platinum trophy. Um, nice. But but yes, that that's a game for which I was. Um, yeah, I wound up being like a like a hundred percent completionist on that thing, and it didn't it didn't feel like a chore. You know, you, you know how you get like some of the big map games will kind of hand you just like, okay, here's your list of activities, go to location X and yeah, do do activity Y. Like it didn't feel like that. I didn't feel it didn't. No, I, it wasn't exhausting me with with stupid little tasks. Yeah, I I burned through pretty much all the like accomplishments that you could do. Yeah. Except for the hunting grounds. And, and you're exactly right. Like the map was big, but it didn't feel like it was a chore necessarily to get from point A to point B. A lot of the times that was one thing that I really appreciated. The map felt big, but once you kind of got in it, it didn't. And I really liked that. It had like, it had so many different, um, environments you know you had your yeah you, you had the red rocks i thought that was really cool oh god like when i first realized like oh shit this is this is colorado this yeah is- <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man <laughs> like what the fuck like that that was really cool because i mean even then like at that point when you get to or at least when i got to the red rocks i still kind of was like i don't know where the hell i am i don't know what's sure. necessarily going on i didn't realize that like there is a complete and utter societal or I guess life collapse, social, right. economical, ecological collapse, you know, like I had no idea. So it was just kind of weird, like coming across Red Rocks and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because the game definitely does like it sort of it doesn't specifically tell you that this is actually Earth. Yeah. Until you're a bit of the ways in. They yeah. kind of open like, oh, this could just be some sort of a, like space world or something. Yeah, like, exactly. No, it's just Earth. You're, you're like, you're like hunting robot dinosaurs just in, you know, in fucking Broncos stadium. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Fucking um, love it. So, but yeah, so, so I was like, they, they do a really good job of, of like kind of mapping some actual real world, uh, you know, physical features that a person might actually recognize. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, they take enough liberties to make sure that you're not like, obviously just stuck in in mountain steps or whatever of Colorado. So that, so they give you, they they give you a lot of different biomes, uh, Mm -hmm. which again, just adds, adds to the variety because you can be in the middle of, of an Alpine forest. And then suddenly you're, you're in, you know, you're, you're running through desert mesas as, as, as robot birds are chasing you around. Oh my God. Those fucking birds out of everything, <laughs> out of everything. I hated the glint hawks so much. I hated, they were just fucking annoying. Right. And they just like, you, you know, you can't, you can't stealth them. You just all no, like, you can't, there's, there's no way like everything else you can sneak up on and, you know, do the silent kill or a, or a, you know, a sudden strike or something. But these fucking Glenhawks, man, like you just kind of have to get one of those good arrows to knock off like their chest metal piece and then expose that soft underbelly yeah. and hope you take them out that way. 
little bastards. <laughs> um, now you, I think it was you who were telling me like, because I, I think I had mentioned, and it was shortly after I started playing the game. I'm like, oh my god, I had no idea what I got myself into and how great it was. I think it was you who told me that it was like one of your top five all time favorite PlayStation games. Oh yeah, easily. So what else? What else is on that list? Um, you don't have to give me the whole so list. One, you may have just one or two. Yeah. Uh, so a couple other like big contenders. Um, you know, uh, Witcher Three. Uh, okay. I, I I loved and and could also talk about for for days. Um, <laughs> I had um, I had a lot of fun with Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. I think it maybe is not quite like I'll say for that one, the story is kind of so, so story is fine. Sure. It's just like an aggressively, uh, beautiful and well-polished game. Nice. Again, Ghost of Tsushima is, is made by another studio that I'm pretty sure is owned by Sony. I think I can't recall, but this is, this is another studio that spent like 10 years making, making their game. Oh, wow. So they, they squeezed every, the last drop of juice out of, out of the PlayStation hardware to, to get, um, <laughs> to get that thing running. Love um, it. So that one was quite a bit of fun. That's, that's another one I, I wound up kind of platinuming just sort of by accident. Um, <laughs> uh, gosh, other like other contenders, um, you know, outside of nest, maybe the, the PlayStation world necessarily, but sure. I have to just mention Fallout yeah. New Vegas again. Okay. Is, maybe one of the best games ever made. Oh, uh, really? Nice. Yeah. If 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 you haven't had a chance to play it, you know, it's older, a little clunky graphics wise, but I I would argue that it holds up. Um, nice. Right on. Um now you had asked me kind of what my what really bought me into the game when I first started playing it. So, and I never got the opportunity to ask you, what was it about the game when you were playing through it that really got you to say, "Holy shit, this is like I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it now. God, you know, I think it was kind of a, a culmination of things. Um, you know, the, the those first couple hours of gameplay where you kind of start, where it starts kind of teasing out its mysteries, uh, are enough to make a person want to say, like, okay, I want to see where this is going. Yeah. And then also just being pretty consistently rewarded with that story of them not really fucking up the landing on any of those things that they set up that you know it's 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 consistently narratively rewarding um Mm -hmm. and 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 the interactions of all the gameplay elements um and i guess i should preface that by saying that generally i'm a fan of uh you know the genre of game where you have a big map and you run around and do stuff in it like i sure an open world i'm a pretty big assassin's creed fan um so like I'm already predisposed to kind of like that kind of stuff, um, and then the and then the fact that they managed to like you know keep the keep the difficulty you know just the normal baseline difficulty pretty well calibrated that you yeah. come into an encounter, um, you know to, with a stealthy approach, and then when that goes haywire, because no matter how how well you plan your stealth runs, something will go haywire, <laughs> and when it erupts in 
to full melee combat with dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> they keep like they manage to keep it consistently balanced, just on the right side of being completely haptic. Yeah, like it's very like the like you know when every when all these robot dinosaurs are coming after you, it feels just barely under control. Yeah, um, which is just such perfect design that like I, I don't know like everything about it is is like it all just clicks like every little piece adds up to being like you know from the moment you, you fire it up you're like oh this is interesting and oh also this is like really fun and oh the, the controls are just perfectly responsive and yeah and, like it's one of those games where like for me I think pretty much every part of that game is rewarding and it and encourages the player to mm-hmm. keep playing it. It's just really good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I, I know my reaction when I first saw it, what was your reaction when you first came across the, the, like the biggest creature? I think it was the T-Rex. I don't remember what the hell they call it. I think it was like a thunder jaw. Yeah. The thunder jaws. Um, what was your reaction when you first had to actually, in, like, I remember seeing one, but I didn't have to encounter it. So I'm like, I'm going to go this way. But then there yeah. was a, a quest where I actually had to fight one. And I'm, and I came across it and it was like in its own little area just by itself. And I'm like, well, this is fucked. Yeah. So the, the thing is, I think, um, I'm guessing that experience with the thunder jaw which is you know for the listeners it's a giant t-rex it's like the you know the biggest and angriest and arguably the toughest robot dinosaur the game will throw at you Mm -hmm. um but i i feel like it might be a pretty common experience that a lot of people you know when they see them kind of out on the map will generally kind of skirt around them Oh yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that right now. That guy's, no. he, looks, <laughs> yep. he doesn't, he doesn't seem friendly at all. No. <laughs> um, so for me, by the time that I encountered one, um, I think I, a was, was leveled up to a point and geared up to a point where, um, you know, I was ready to take it on. And also just the game kind of trains you into how to do these things. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I think, I think my first encounter, it did wind up killing me uh, just because, you know, I, I went in, uh, I, you know, went in too cocky and it just, oh, sure. It just <laughs> uh, but then coming back into it, I'm like, okay, wait, like, let's like, let's, let's, let's use my scanner. This. Let's figure out what the, like, where's this thing weak? What did it use to kill me last time? Yep. Uh, and how, how can I mitigate that? <laughs> um, so just coming in with a little bit of a plan, like, okay. So I know, like, you know, it's got these big shoulder-mounted, like, disc launcher things. I'm going to get rid of those. I'm going to pick that up. I'm going to shoot it with its own discs. Yep. Um, And generally, if you do that, especially with, like, you know, if you use, like, the bigger bigger dinosaurs especially really encourage you to use your non-offensive items if that makes sense like it encourages you to use traps oh, yeah yeah you to use the, the rope caster yep. which is um you know it's, it's a weapon they give you that basically you you shoot you know you shoot a, a a spear into an animal that has a big rope tied to it and you stick that to the ground and you shoot uh shoot a dinosaur enough with them and they get immobilized for a while yep and once you 
if you have a sufficiently leveled up rope caster and manage to kind of keep your cool, a lot of those, like the, the thunder jaws and the, like the giant uh, thunderbird thing aren't as hard as you might think, but it, it really is just a matter of like, are you learning the lessons the game is teaching you? Yeah. Are you, are you keeping your cool at least a little bit? Cause like when you just start panicking and running around and hitting the fire button, like that's kind of when it's game over for you. You know, what's funny is that knowing that I never actually used the, 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 I think it was the trip, whatever it was to tie him down. I never used that. Never once. And now I feel kind of foolish oh. for doing so because that really okay, would have well, helped with like, there's a tip <laughs> with, with those large, especially with the, the flying, the, the big ass birds, the really big ass birds. There was one that I had to get that I just could like, I had to just kind of, I had to basically hide from it. I had to sneak out, pop it a few times and then sneak back. And it was the most fucking frustrating thing. But yeah, no, like that, that giant bird killed me many times. Yeah. Because I I think at first I didn't even think that the rope caster would like work on it. I'm like, it flies. How's this going to work? But like (laughs) part of its attack cycle is to kind of hover over you and just sort of blast you with shit for a bit. Right. Right. Um, so at that point, if you just start firing away with ropes, you can disable it for a little bit and get some good shots in. Okay. I'm Damn. pretty sure. Wish I would have known I that. That would have been... About that. I know it definitely works on the Thunderjaw. I'm pretty sure it works on the, on the huge part. Well, it couldn't have been... It, that sounds like a better strategy than whatever I was doing. I was picking away at it for about 45 minutes and just hiding. <laughs> so that was not... I knew I was getting somewhere, but boy, was it a struggle. My God. Well, I can tell you right now, when I first when I first saw the Thunderjaw, I think, yeah, it was out in the wild, and I was already on my way to something else on a quest. And I'm just like, holy shit. And I just stayed low. And yeah, and I did exactly what you said. I just skirted around it. But I remember seeing it during a quest for an actual quest. I had to get one of those specific parts. Right. And I just about shat myself. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, man. This thing is huge. But yeah, you're right. Like, as soon as you get those, like a disc launcher or whatever the hell, like one of the cannons off of it, you yeah. pick that up and you turn it on them. Oh, man. It makes quick work and it is so awesome. But Jesus, it's tough, though. Like, you, you yeah. have those, like, 10 seconds of where you need to get to it. And then she, you know, Aloy, our character, like struggles to pick it up a little bit because it's so heavy. Right. And then you got to aim and shoot. <laughs> and she's not exactly <laughs> quick. Like no character is quick with this thing because it's huge. Right. So it's just like you're putting yourself out there. And if you don't get it, man, you're in yeah, trouble. There's always, you, you get that moment a few times where like you run over to some big piece of weaponry that you knocked off of a thing and you, and you get to it and like your camera is angled in just such a way that whatever angry thing you just, took it from is behind you yeah and running at you so you pick it up and you have to turn around and hope yeah. that it's not already on top of you yeah. uh, <laughs> it's um, the most frustrating thing but but yeah just the fact that that the game can like so consistently produce uh those moments and that's kind of what i was speaking to before where it like when when the combat is is fully happening my experience was it always kept it just on the right side of being completely uncontrollable. Like yeah. it was, it was wild enough that uh, my feeling was always like, Oh fuck, what's going on? Uh, but also like, okay, I can open my weapon wheel, 
kind of slow things down for a second, think yep. about what my next thing is going to be, yep. and do that, and manage to keep just sort of barely ahead of all the chaos. Yeah, it is such a rewarding feeling. It is. It really is. And that's exactly what I mean. Like when I was talking about uh, some of the controls too, like being able to do exactly that, you know, like, oh crap, I don't know how I'm going to handle this guy. Okay. Yeah. I'll pull out some trip casters, you know, I'll, I'll uh, yeah. craft some quick blast bombs or something. Maybe that'll help, you know, shit like that. No, you're exactly right. You hit it right on the head, man. Oh, that great. That game is so good. <laughs> it really is. It It is yeah. one of the funnest games. Like I remember when I first got my PlayStation and I got Spider-Man with it. Um, it was just, oh, it was, yeah. it was one of the, the, it was like the newest Spider-Man that you could get. And that game had me sucked in and that like, I haven't really been able to find a terribly rewarding game. Like I have found horizon zero dawn. It, just felt really good it's yeah it reminded me of of like kind of when i used to play assassin's creed one and two you know because like you were saying i i myself am a huge assassin's creed fan i played one to death i played two to death three i started playing i'm like well this sucks and then i kind of fell (laughs) off the kind of fell off the bucket you know and then um i think i got oh it's when the uh xbox one came out and it came with black flag and i'm like yeah oh, whatever it's you know it was a download card whatever so it's on the right. hard drive and i played that one ridiculous amounts yeah that was a fun one. Oh my god it was you know and so it's been it's been a hot minute since i've been able to find a game open world that was really rewarding and really entertaining really fun and uh, one thing i have to touch on too that really i thought was great about the game was all of the voice acting the voice acting was so good. It was so much better. Oh, yeah. Nobody, nothing felt forced or cheesy or really kind of out of the, you know, but it wasn't like just like they didn't just grab a couple interns that were, that were spitting by the, by the copy machine. Yeah, to, to man. Like they actually, yeah. They, they hired actors. Yeah, dude. Yes. Which, Cause you got like, like, uh, Ashley Birch who does tons of voice work. Like she's tiny Tina in the Borderlands game. Oh, really? She's um, she's one of the main characters in, in that Life is Strange game. Um, and I think she does like some some animated like some you know some kids cartoons kind of work too. But oh, she sure. does Aloy. Um, Lance Reddick, who was um, on like he was on The Wire uh, and also on one of my favorite shows, Fringe. Uh, he's the voice of Silence. So they got like you know they got good people like actual actors to come in and do the work. And like, they seemed like generally the the voice work didn't sound like they were totally checked out. You know, sometimes you can tell that somebody's just kind of cashing a check and just reading whatever (laughs) silly lines. They sounded at least like they were somewhat invested. Yes. Yes. I, I hate it too, because now I've started playing final fantasy 15 and I know I've I've texted our friend Kat because she's a huge fan of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Have you played Final Fantasy Fifteen? Uh, that's the one with the hot boys in the car, right? Yep. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the hot guy. Our adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the one there's one voice character. I mean, this it's a Final Fantasy game, and some of the voice acting, I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. But there's this one that I just fucking cannot get over. And is, and I, like I said, I was, I texted Kat about it cause she's huge Final Fantasy geek. And 
I just like, I can't deal with this fucking dude. His name is Dino and he's got the most like Jersey accent. Like he sounds like he's trying, <laughs> he's trying so hard to get cast for the good fellas. And there's a reason why he was not cast for the good fellas. At least not by this reporter. Lucky for you, this reporter has integrity. If you want to remain incognito, I'll respect your wish in exchange for a favor. He's just fucking. <laughs> oh, oh you yeah, that guy. Bicky. You bicky having some fun. <laughs> hey, what do you say I do another task for you? You know what I'm saying, capiche? And it's like, like that. that's not an exaggeration either. <laughs> this is legit how this fucking dude sounds. And it's the most irritating thing in the world. So to go from this game, you know, Horizon that had fantastic voice actors and like you could tell that they were invested to fucking Dino. I just yeah yeah. We need you to go and get uh, the crystals and hey 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 ma yeah. <laughs> ma ah! meatballs meatballs <laughs> lasagna's burning. Oh oh no hard no. Mm. No, it could be worse, but man, it's tough. It's tough. So. What would you say to anybody who's finished, who's played this game, finished this game? What do you, what would you think is a good follow up for something like this? I'll say Ghost of Tsushima, kind of gameplay wise. Did okay. Me, you know, did kind of light up the same parts of the brain that, that some of the combat uh, of HCD did. Um, okay. I was going to say, I think I may have seen it actually on sale on the PlayStation Store. Uh, Ghost so of Tsushima? Off if you run at it now. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, Maybe double bad. check. I, I don't know about that. Um, uh, and again, I think I'm just going to rep kind of the other just like large map games that I that I like. If you're running on a PS4, I mean, you can get all of The Witcher 3 and all of its downloadable content for pretty cheap as well now. Nice. Um, right on. Uh, and then, God, I don't know. This, That's all right. It's kind of a loaded question because there's, there's way too many games out there that are just too fun. You know, I just know that everybody's, at least for me, I shouldn't say everybody. For me, I'm always looking for something that's that's easy to play, rewarding, something you can pick up and also put down relatively quickly. You know what I mean? Right. Because that is so tough for me. I've noticed that that is so goddamn hard to be able to just stop, to, to be able to even just pause, to pause. Oh, I'm in the middle of a battle. I need to pee. I need to pause. Like to find a game that still find games that still do that is so tough. That's why I found this game so reassuring. And I know that if I can find another game like that, that can I, then I can pause (laughs) without having to finish the quest. Like go fuck it yourself, man. Come on. I mean, that's, that's another thing that's kind of implicit in, in larger game companies now is they deliberately want to design a game that takes up as much of your day as possible. So they, they deliberately incentivize any sort of activity that keeps the controller in your hand. Yeah. Um, because anytime you're playing their game, that's time that you're not playing their competitor's game. Oh, that's and fair. It's more time that they can try to sort of sell you stuff within the game, which also just have to say, uh, I believe there was zero in-game purchases in horizon zero dawn. If I, if I recall correctly, which, um, yeah, the the only star from me. Fucking a man. No, I think the only thing I ever saw was was the the um 
of whatever the hell we were talking about at the top, the expansion, right, the, the actual DLC, but um, yeah, that, and that was it. Past that, I I never noticed. I don't I don't believe I ever noticed anything. So yeah, I I'm right there with you, man. Hell yeah. yeah. Not to get all like Jim Sterling on you, but like they weren't selling you like XP boosters or, or like yeah, off different skins and weapons behind any <sighs> sort of like gambling mechanic or just a straight up transactional thing. It was just, hey, here's a complete game. We hope you enjoy playing it. Um, More of that, yeah, please. Any of the, yeah, fewer, <laughs> fewer insidious fucking gambling mechanics and yeah. more just, um, you know, if you make a product, I will buy the product. Just don't make a product whose purpose is to sell me smaller product. Yeah, seriously. Product. Oh, that's that's kind of why I stopped playing uh, Destiny. I really like oh, Destiny. I fucking loved Destiny, but it just got to be, it got to be very commercial and it got to be over, like there actually is in my opinion there is a point where you there's just too much there's too much to sure. do there's too much to try and accomplish and it's very frustrating when you think you do accomplish a thing and it's like nah it just leads to more trying to do more like sure. it, yeah cuz that's a i never really got into destiny but that kind of wound up um, and I think maybe this is more so with Destiny 2, but that wound up being a thing where there were just like daily things yeah. that you were supposed to go and be like, hey, here's the daily checklist of, of actions that I can take that might give me a 30% chance of getting something that I want. Yep. Uh, uh, maybe sometimes. Yeah, you mean- <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, the, those sorts of mechanics are just fucking insidious. It's terrible. It's terrible. I've spent a lot of time playing Destiny, and I used to really enjoy it, and I have not I have not touched it in the longest time. I've spent hours playing that game. Hours. Oh, and sure. I, just, I just can't anymore. Can't. I've, I would say that um, if you haven't, or if uh, anybody listens to this that, that has played this, if you can look up the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man game, the most recent one, Oh yeah, that game, that because it's open world. Obviously, it, it happens in Manhattan, and it is super fun. It is so much fun, and it's kind of the same thing where you have objectives, you know, open world objectives that you can do. And again, kind of like what we were talking about with all these other objectives, I didn't do any of the time challenges because I fucking hate <laughs> that shit too. <laughs> so yep. Just like, just like the the whatever the. The, uh, the bounty or the, the hunters, uh, lodges didn't do any of those in this game. Didn't do any of the time challenges in Spider-Man. I did everything else. Everything else. Same. (laughs) Got all the suits, got all the expansion, whatever. Nope. Did not touch those fucking things. Nice. Couldn't do it. I hate them. I hate time challenges. Oh, but that game, Spider-Man is super fun and it's something that I would recommend. That's from my experience. I'm still, I still haven't, I'm, just recently been getting back into the playstation world so it's been oh sure it's been um, fun yeah i yeah i forgot about spider-man I, I i would give that a recommend as well that was a really fun one heck yeah man heck yeah uh well lean you got anything else that you want to talk about with horizon that we may have not touched on um no i think we've kind of covered all of my uh all of my big hype points um you know i hope the next one is good uh, we'll see <laughs> fucking better be man fucking better be alright well uh, before we leave then uh, we're going to do a little ditty called the more you know 
And I'm going to ask you, sir, you're going to tell me, what is something in the last week, month, year, whatever, that you think that anybody listening to this podcast, from your experience, might really enjoy? Whether it be book, video game, television, TV series, whatever. Oh, um, What's something that you've really been enjoying other than vinyl? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously. So you got to give, you know, just like the tone, uh, um, <laughs> just, just because it's Sunday and it's going to be on later. Uh, I'll just throw out Lovecraft country. If, if you have, uh, if you have the ability to watch, uh, shows on HBO, oh, sure. uh, check out Lovecraft country. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a good show. Uh, I think I've actually sat and watched at least part of one episode and it was, it was, I think the, it was the lady who like has been trying to collect souls, I think for her mom or with her mom. And she's like a spider and it's during world war two yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's, now, like I said, I only came into like part of that and that was fucked up. I'm like, yo, what is going on here? It <laughs> don't make no yeah, damn sense. Um, I don't look spidery, but she's actually supposed to be a, 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 a fox spirit. And those are her many tales tales upsetting right very upsetting them later at the end of the episode she spins them around so fast that she flies she does a a fucking fox from sonic the hedgehog (laughs) (laughs) um part of that was a joke but uh yeah i'd say uh yeah i'd say lovecraft country it's it's fun pulp horror with with uh an explicitly like you know, an explicitly African American framing um, yeah. that touches on, um, you know, it, it it touches on on sort of the the otherizing of of black people in America, and especially uh, in regards to their relationship with with uh, pulp fiction and and science fiction and horror. But also, you know, the SJW stuff, notwithstanding, all the episodes are just good fun, uh, just horror and sci-fi and even some weird fantasy elements um it's a good show i'd recommend right on nice um i am actually going to throw one out there too because uh i had mentioned final fantasy 15 kind of somewhere in this podcast but i have to tell you just kind of for where i have been kind of in a i guess a mental state where it's been it's been really tough with politics and the the state of you know where we are with the pandemic and everything else and and how you i mean yeah i know surprising right (laughs) sorry you're learning about this now via a zoom meeting my apologies um (laughs) fucking bastard (laughs) no that was right that was good (laughs) so (laughs) so you know i mean even now how we're having to do this through a zoom meeting and like we can't be in person because it's not safe. I have found that playing final fantasy 15 has been kind of a reassuring, uh, a nice sort of like centering way to escape. It's been a nice sort of way to uh, just find some escapism because it is open world. You can kind of do whatever you want. And, and as, as almost sad as it sounds, you're with friends. 
You know what I mean? Right. There, they're characters. There's a, there's a lot of that game where you're just cruising with the boys. Yeah, I mean, they're NPCs, but I mean, at the same time, they're always there with you. They're having fun. There, There's even one of them that's like taking photographs. And at the end of the day, you get to check, like, go through the photographs and find which ones you like. It, something about that. Like, there's the action where you want it. There's the wholesomeness when you want it. And you're always kind of with friends. And I... Sure. I realize now saying it again, kind of how sad that sounds, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I mean, really, really I get it. But at the same time, I feel like when you're at home kind of by yourself, you know, um, and you can't be with other adults or whatever, it is really nice. It's a nice, subtle sort of, I don't know, easy way to, to kind of get that fix. So sure. I, that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got, man. What about you? I already did mine. I know. I'm just wondering if you got anything else. <laughs> got that? Um, anything else you want to add? Hey, the floor is yours, Lincoln. No, I mean uh, nothing. Nothing off the top. Um, you know, generally, I'd say. Uh, you know, to whatever extent you can, you people out there in, in radio land, uh, you know, look out for one another. Uh, no one's, no one's going to help us, but us. So let's, uh, just try to be cool about it. (laughs) Don't be dicks. (laughs) Cool. Right on, man. Well, uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out to some of our listeners because I have been finding that there are some listeners, uh, over in, uh, Europe, um, I have, it looks like a listener out in Australia, uh, and I've got a couple up in Canada. You guys, I want you to reach out to me. If this, hopefully if this Zoom meeting works out, I would love to get in contact with any one of you. Let me know. Hit me up. Find me on the Facebooks. Find me on the Twitters. Send me a message. Let's talk. Let's get together. I love this shit. It's ridiculous. I love it. So this has been real. Reach out to me. Uh, hey, Lincoln, Black Lives Matter. Let's be real. Let's be safe. Wear masks. And, uh, man, I hope to not only talk to you again soon, but to actually see you again soon. Gosh, that would be nice. (laughs) Lincoln, thanks again, man. You have a great evening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.